We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this Thursday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Farm, Neil McCready here with you today. I am in Oxford. It was in Nashville. SEC basketball tournament on Miss knocking off South Carolina on Wednesday night. Tennessee this afternoon in the uh, the next round. Trying to make the quarters tomorrow. Something already predicted. And they're going to stay another day. They're going to win. They're going to hang out for a little while there in the uh, the Music City. The Rebels Stop getting it. the win last night. The Rebels getting the win last night. I had multiple people mad at me last night because they were ready to get on with the next set of news and like, no, 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 don't, don't start with me. Don't do this. Get a, get a loss and, and and get on with your day. It's it, it's funny. They were kind of rooting against their own team a little bit. But I uh, I talked to Jeffrey Wright for a long time. We talked a good bit of Chris Beard. We're gonna open the show with uh, with Neil here from Nashville and what was a pretty eventful, interesting day yesterday. The podcast brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Remember to uh, use that social media to win four box seats to the series finale of any Ole Miss home series this season. That concludes Purdue this weekend. Got some weather going on, so we haven't heard anything yet. Mike does not like early changes to the schedule, but just be aware that Sunday game could easily become something on Saturday with what's projected from a forecast standpoint. Ole Miss and Purdue, 6.30, 1.30, 1.30, the three start times for that. You hashtag Rebel Ready. You at the Oxford Exxon on social media. Say whatever you want. Use whatever pictures you want. Give yourself the best chance to win. You can get those box seats there with the Oxford Exxon and all Blue Sky locations throughout Mississippi. Coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio, 662-257-1900 is the phone number. Highway 25 South in Amory. Corey wants to be your truck guy, wants to be your car guy. You heard all about the great service that he gave Neil this week. He will give uh, he will give you that great service as well. It's not just if he knows you; it's every customer he has. He will take care of you and go above and beyond what most people will. So that's six six two two five seven nineteen hundred. And then Neil and Jeffrey both appearing on the My Perfect Perfect Franchise Hotline. That's right. All guests appear on the MyPerfectFranchise.net hotline. If you're a displaced corporate executive, maybe you're wanting to put your career in your own hands, or you're an experienced entrepreneur just looking to diversify. Andy Ludicky can help. He is a uh, guy who owns multiple franchises, lots of businesses, and he uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. Call Andy, put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free, so you got nothing to lose. 
Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net or contact Andy anytime at andy at myperfectfranchise.net or 404-973-9901. So, I mean, just to set it up, uh, everybody seems to be jumping in the boat here. It appears that at some point Chris Beard will be named the next head coach of the University of Mississippi basketball program. If not, then I have no idea, and we're all just insane, and we'll start over and laugh, and just—I mean, we'll 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 pass the bat around the circle and all air our grievances at this point. But it, all signs appear to be pointing toward Beard. Uh, it, whenever Ole Miss loses its game, the season ends, and then whatever it looks like from there. You really good story, RumbleGrove.com. Talked to some coaches around the league. Talked to people there in Nashville for the SEC tournament. Just in a general way. What sense did you did you get yesterday with the news that Ole Miss is likely on its way to adding Chris Beard to his coaching staff? Um, you know, I got to the arena about noon, and um, they were having the the I guess the teams that are seated five through ten were um, having their practices, their shoot arounds in the in the building, and um, so I, I kind of stalked. <laughs> Um, but as I stalked people, people would come up to me and ask me if is this is it real? Is it really gonna happen? And I mean there was a buzz about it for sure. Um you know, I, I talked to I talked to three SEC head coaches. One declined to comment on the record about it, Eric Musselman, but uh, I talked to Bruce Pearl on the record. I talked to um um gosh, I'm losing my Rick mind. Barnes. Rick Barnes, thank you. On on the record. Uh, you know, I talked to them privately. I waited till they were done with other media, so I didn't put them on the spot because if they didn't want to talk, I understood. Because a lot of times coaches don't like to talk about hypotheticals. But I thought it was interesting that it, it everyone around college basketball, meaning the people in it, the coaches, the assistant coaches, they are uh, they have a lot of respect for Chris Beard, the basketball coach. They know how good he is. They know um, what he's capable of. What everyone always says about him is he wins. He wins everywhere he ever goes. He'll win there. Um, that's generally what people were saying. I think. Um, I think there was a, a feeling last night that that this thing was really far along. Like had Ole Miss not won on Wednesday night, that maybe this thing is getting announced on Thursday today. I, I don't know whether that's true or not. Who not? I really don't. But there was a growing kind of sense of momentum, and as I, as the as the afternoon wore on, and I was waiting out different teams' practices, um, more and more people were talking about it. It was becoming a, a, a pretty big topic of conversation at the tournament before the tournament even got started last night with Ole Miss and South Carolina. It's it's kind of an announcement on Ole Miss's part, I think, when it comes down that. Hey, they're they're about to get really serious about college basketball. I asked Jeffrey this, but you're you're up there. You talk to more people than than we have. We're just kind of scanning social media, and I Je I think Jeffrey called them the gang. But outside of what you know, the reaction is going to be from a set select of media members when this thing goes down. What do you think the other reaction is? Because I, I it's, it's interesting. I read Thamel. I read Goodman. I read some of these things. And I don't notice a lot of vitriol or anything coming from a negative standpoint on a lot of this. It feels like he has, he being Beard, has a lot of relationships with a certain, with the the more the more known basketball-centric media from a national standpoint that 
maybe I'm wrong. It seems like it's going to be focused more on the actual basketball than anything else when this does pop. That's what I'm beginning to sense as well. I mean, I think there are a handful of people, they're very predictable, who are going to write over-the-top negative stories. And we've talked about this. You, 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 know, you can almost predict how they're going to be written. And, and that's fine. They're, they're, they're columnists. Uh, they work for publications that are click-based. I don't mean that in a negative way, but they are click-based. And they will get clicked. Um, and so they're doing their jobs. They will get talked about. And they're doing their jobs. Um, I think the more measured media are going to take the incident in Austin two ways. One, only two people truly know what happened that night. And so if you weren't one of those two people who were in that house that night, you don't really know. And so you can't completely come out and pass judgment on anyone. The police, and I think this will come out as, as this story gets talked about, the police in Austin, when they got the call of a domestic dispute, once they arrive at the house, somebody's leaving the house. That's just how it works. And then, you know, Austin has a reputation. And that's a the the DA there had a was put in a weird spot. And she recanted her her initial account uh within 24 hours. And um they did their they did their diligence in terms of an investigation. There are people at Texas, and I think this will come out. There are people at Texas who feel that had they had a little bit more runway, perhaps socially, if you will, that that they maybe could have um, held on and 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 let Chris Beard just be suspended for a while and, and perhaps be back on the sidelines for, uh, for for the Longhorns at this point once the charges were dropped, but. That that wasn't the the social environment there in in Austin, and and so they they fired him. And um, once he became a, a legitimate, once he became hireable, once there weren't criminal charges outstanding on him, um, it was just a matter of time before someone hired him. And I, I think most of the coverage is going to be about Chris Beard, the basketball coach. I think most of the the storyline is going to be, quite frankly, Chase. This is a guy who went to Little Rock and took Little Rock in his first year to the round of 32. I don't know how they got past ULM in the South uh, in the Sunbelt Conference title game, um, but they were somehow able to, to escape the Warhawks, and they made it to the round of 32. They beat Purdue in double overtime in the first round. And then he goes to uh, Texas Tech, and he has quite a tenure there. He takes Texas Tech to the Elite Eight. Texas Tech to overtime of the national championship game against Virginia. So the storyline will be, can he do in Oxford what he did in Lubbock? And obviously, the answer to that right now is a great big, I don't know. But the fact that we're even talking about whether that's possible is going to be what the storyline is going to be, I think, for most people. And, and I, I thought Rick Barnes was exactly right yesterday when he talked about, look, this is a, a hard league. Um, it's just only going to get harder when Texas and Oklahoma join. And 
he said it's it's the best league, and he said it's a champions league, and you want to hire people if you're Ole Miss or anyone else in the league. You want to hire people who can compete for championships, and Chris Beard has proven at the very highest level that he can indeed compete for championships. Whether he can do it at Ole Miss or not, we're about to find out, I think. Yeah, I'm sorry. They beat the they beat the Warhawks by 20 in that Sunbelt title game. That yeah, day. but a lot 70 of that, to 50. A lot of that was late free throws. Late free throws. And, ULM did win in the regular season. They did. They they were one of Little Rock's yeah. five losses. So just saying. Not uh, everybody beats ULM. I'm I'm just just saying it was a hell of. I would think if you ask him, and we'll ask him at some point, your biggest moment in your professional career. I think he will, without a doubt, say the day that we upset. ULM and the Sun Belt title. This is not a fair question, but it's a podcast. I'm going to ask it anyway. What's your what's your guess, assuming this plays out like we think on roster retention? And it, it, it's it's not in a, it's not in a vacuum because we don't know what Chris Beard can go out and get. I mean, if he can go get 15 better players, he's going to get 15 better players. If he can get two better players, get two better players. But just in general, how, how many you feel like will be some level of priority for Chris Beard? I think there are five guys on the roster that that he would want to talk to. Um, Jamin Brakefield has already used his uh, his his transfer, and I would think that he would want to keep Jamin. I, I, Jamin's game has really taken off in the last few weeks. Uh, right now, Jamin Brakefield's a really good SEC basketball player. Um, obviously, he's going to want to keep Matthew Morrell. Uh, the tampering portal has been very active with Matthew. Uh, but, you know, he'll want to keep him. He would be a senior guard who's played a ton of SEC basketball. Um, I would think he would want to sit down with both of the young point guards, especially Amari Abram, and um, at least explore them staying. And then there's a lot of talk that James White's out the door. Uh, James has made a big bucket last night against Carolina, played well last night, had 10 boards. I would think he, that's a conversation he would at least want to have. When he got to Texas um, year one, they went heavy, heavy, heavy portal. Some of that was out of necessity because a lot of the Texas kids left and followed Shaka Smart to to Marquette. Um, so, I, you know, it, it's going to be a heavy portal class. I, I think Chris Beard will be able to – here's where Chris Beard will be different. This isn't a knock on, on Kermit or on AK two people that I, I like a lot. But I think he's going to be able to get guys at least attention that those guys couldn't get. Um, he's going to be able to get the elite recruit to at least listen, to at least pick up the phone, um, to at least think about it. Now, NIL will be a factor and all of those other things. It, it, was, it took him two years at Texas to get the elite recruit signed up. He has a he had a really elite class coming in next year uh, for Texas, and maybe some of those guys will be re-recruited, perhaps to Ole Miss. I mean, we'll find out. But um, I, I I think that's a long answer to your question. I think he'll try to keep. I would guess he would try to keep three to five guys on the current roster. Probably re-recruit a couple of the guys. I've heard Josh Hubbard would be very receptive to to uh, Chris Beard, um, and then they'll hit the portal pretty hard. 
staff-wise, it's all guessing. Um, everybody from his staff either is probably – I mean, we, we, the thing you don't know is you don't know who's getting hired at Texas that potentially opens up staff members there, right? I mean, that, that that's the other kind of not-in-a-vacuum situation that we're dealing with from trying to even sort of predict staff, lay out guys who are possibilities, is that – these dudes are in places where they're going to have some turnover, some changes or whatever goes on in there. So you don't even know really what's open right now or two. Jeffrey pointed this out and I didn't really think about it. You know, we always talk about salary for beard and what it's going to cost and what he's going to get and what's available and what Ole is willing to do. The more important question is what is the salary situation look like for Chris Beard's assistance? Yeah, I think the staff commitment is what I'm most interested to see. I, I'm, I know there are people that are, you know, interested in what's Beard's salary and how much does it is incentive based and blah blah blah. I, I'm to me that doesn't tell anywhere near the story that what the assistant package would tell me. Uh, when he got to Texas, he added a couple of guys, Rodney Terry, uh, Chris Ogden, who were head coaches. Uh, there's a head coach rumor that's out there right now about a, a an existing head coach that he wants to add to his Ole Miss staff. Um, I think he will try to bring Ogden with him. Ogden has a ton of Texas ties, both personal and business. And uh, some people think Ogden might be ready to get out of coaching and, and get into a different phase of his life. I have no idea. I've never met Chris Ogden. I probably am unfair just saying that, but uh, you know, and then look, Texas is going to be a two seed in the tournament. I mean, they're they're probably going to the the second weekend, so it might be a minute before we find out exactly what what he's going to do, because he's probably not going to probably not going to tamper with the the Texas staff while they're playing. And um, but you know, yeah, I'm 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 really curious to see how much uh, how much how much resources he has for a staff. I don't think he takes this job without feeling. Pretty good about the level of commitment. Uh, listen, I've, I talked to a bunch of people yesterday. I'll probably talk to more, but they all say the same thing privately and on the record, and that is, this is this is not a uh, this is not a wallflower kind of guy. This is a guy who is really intense. He is uh, very committed and expects the people around him to be every bit as committed, and is very demanding on administration and. He's he's not he's not going to accept mediocrity. Let's put it that way. Uh, that he never has. So if he does at Ole Miss, it'll be a first. I'm trying not to be repetitive because we talked a ton of Chris Beard with Jeffrey. I want to get things that you could answer for being there yesterday. But from the actual game, Ole Miss knocks off South Carolina. They play Tennessee this afternoon. They're they they playing a pretty good brand of basketball relative to their talent level right now for 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 sure. But you know, you look at it though, they've played close games the whole freaking season. That's not been the problem as being in games and being close in the second half at different points. Their their four wins are South Carolina twice, LSU and Georgia. Are they playing that much differently in the last two weeks? Uh, a little looser, maybe. I don't know. You know, they, they... I feel like we're fine tooth combing this in a way that's not necessarily fair to anybody. I, I don't think it's – They haven't knocked off Tennessee or Auburn or something and go, oh, wow, that happened. Like They'd they be killing Carolina and LSU. Last night, they're up three after uh, my guy Gigi Jackson hits that big three to to cut it in half. Yeah. By the way, Gigi showed you last night why the NBA loves him so much. I mean, he looks like a player. You talk about a kid who looks the part. I mean, holy cow. But – um. He put them on his back last night. He did, and, and he, he hits the three, and Ole Miss comes down, and Morell gets a look and misses it, and 
James White gets a massive rebound, and they call timeout because the, 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 the offense looks discombobulated. They come out of the timeout, and James White damn near turns the ball over, somehow recovers it, and hits a shot that appeared to be almost from behind the backboard to win the game. And as that play is unfolding, I'm thinking to myself, I've watched every game this team has played this year with the exception of one, and <laughs> they're going to turn it over, Carolina's going to hit a three, and this is going to overtime. That's what I was thinking because that's what this team does. And when they made that shot, you could almost see – I mean, it looked like happiness on the bench, but there's a little bit of shock there that, holy cow, we're going to win one of these because they've lost them all year, like nine of them, games just like that. So I don't know. I don't I don't know that it's completely fair to Kermit to go, oh, now that he's gone, they're playing super loose basketball. I, that, that, feels, that feels too simplistic. Now, on the other side – Substitution patterns are different. Mm -hmm. Guys seem to be playing a little freer. Um, there's something there, but I, I hate to make it more than it is because, like you said, they've now beaten LSU, who, by the way, has played a lot better basketball of late, and they've beaten South Carolina, who, is, to their credit, has played fairly well down the stretch, and Ole Miss has played fairly well down the stretch. Quite frankly, the one team at the bottom of the league that did not play very well down the stretch was Georgia, and you saw them get beat Wednesday night. But everybody else has played well. And it, it I'm trying to remember who was saying this the other day. Buzz Williams was talking about how if you if if you take the league and you take Alabama out as an outlier and you look at the rest of the league, there's just not a hell of a lot of difference in the top and the bottom. And that is not a reflection as to how poor the league is. It's a reflection as to just how deep the league is. It's kind of like baseball a little bit, where you could take a lot of the teams and jumble them in a hat and draw it different ways. And be like, oh, yeah, I could see that. I could see Ole Miss being the second best team in the league. I could see Ole Miss being the seventh best team in the league. You know, I could see, you know, Alabama being third or fourth or Alabama being ninth or tenth, right, in, 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 in baseball. And, Damian Fishback said this yesterday. We were out. I was talking to him, the former Auburn player, plays for, I mean, he's uh, SEC Network now. And he was uh, watching as Auburn finished their practice and Arkansas came onto the court. And he goes, look at this. Auburn's the seven seed. Arkansas's the 10 seed. So I got to know about how deep the league is. And it's when he goes, if you can hire Chris Beard, you hire Chris Beard. Look at how deep the league is. You watch Auburn practice with all the athletes they've got. You watch Arkansas practice with the length and the athleticism and I mean NBA lottery guys that are that are on their practice floor with Nick Smith Jr. and Anthony Black. And yeah, this is a this is a hell of a league, man. I mean mm -hmm. it, it it it's it's a hell of a league. It's it's there there are teams at the bottom of this league that in a different league would be super competitive. Yeah. Which uh, I'm assuming you're predicting a volunteer win today. Um, we don't cheer in this business, Chase. <laughs> but um, I did not pack for Friday, and uh, 
I you have to pack like a champion, Neil. We've talked about this. When you cover a tournament, just I in case. For, I packed for Friday, and I'd be okay to Friday. Um. So when they neutralize Kobe Brown tomorrow, and they they they, they pull that one off, and then I will have to do laundry if it comes to that. Uh, okay. If it comes to that, there will be there will be a there will be a scramble. There will be a really there there will be unhappy people in my house and decisions that have to be made. Um, I've got tickets to Thunder Pelicans Saturday night in New Orleans, um, and a and a son who is eager to go see. Uh, SGA and J Dub and uh, Josh Giddy and and the boys. He's there. There would be there would be disappointment there. Yeah. Instead, he can have Ole Miss, Alabama, and the semis. Uh, all, I guess he good. could. I guess I could bring him to Nashville. Uh, you know. <laughs> here's Brandon Miller. You don't get SGA, but here's Brandon Miller. Um, so. I mean, look. If you told me that Ole Miss plays Tennessee really well today, I buy it. If you told me that Ole Miss comes out and jumps out to a little bit of a lead, I'd buy it. But then if you told me that Ole Miss's legs showed a little late. But now look, it's a Tennessee team that last yesterday I watched Tennessee's practice. And uh Zakai Ziegler's not playing. He's on one of those cart things, uh, you know, pushing himself around, which just sucks, man. It it that Almost put me in a sad disposition early yesterday. I was watching the Vols practice as I was stalking Rick Barnes. And just to see, you want to see Ziegler play. You would have liked to see Tennessee play at full strength and see what they could do. And without him, they're not the same team. But they give Ole Miss problems in the post that Carolina doesn't give. Carolina's yeah. not a big team. Tennessee's going to. Tennessee's going to challenge you on the boards. Ole Miss shot the ball well from three yesterday to have any chance at all against Tennessee. They've got to hit the three ball. Morell's got to have a big day, and they, they've got to handle Vescovi. There's a it, it'll be a challenge to beat Tennessee, and and I expect that they'll play well though, and I expect they'll play loose, and it, it is it is a it's a compliment to them. It speaks volumes for the culture that is inside that program that these guys three and 15 coach let go in the late phases of the year that they still play as hard and, and as passionately as they do. I think it does say a lot for them as individuals. Ole Miss Tennessee around two thirty a day for that, uh, that tip off. And then obviously whenever they do lose in Nashville this weekend, we'll turn the page and say how long it takes to uh, name the next coach. So Neil, go, uh, Enjoy the day. We'll go to Jeffrey on the podcast here in a second, and then we'll resume uh, things very soon. All right, Jason. Podcast brought to you in part by Prime Shrimp. PrimeShrimp.com. Have it deli delivered directly to your door every single day. They can uh, hook you up. They can take care of dinner tonight. Code RG, five pouches or more, and you get 25% off there, again, with code RG. It's a new code the last few weeks, so take advantage of that offer. Again, 10 minutes, freezer to plate, and they take care of you. Any of their seven different offerings right there to be uh, thawed, cooked, and ready to go. The New Orleans-style barbecue, the signature, those are two uh, very versatile options that are fantastic. Then the full meals in a bag. They've got the Simply Shrimp that can be seasoned yourself. It's great for kids, maybe a little more of a discerning palate. Or the two-pound bags of individually frozen shrimp. A lot was like, a lot like was at the grocery store, except a higher-quality shrimp from the New Orleans-based company. So code RGPrimeShrimp.com. Walk-On Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering 
Made from scratch, Louisiana cuisine, po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. You can also order online at walkons.com on their convenient Walk-Ons app. Great place to watch all the conference tournaments, the NCAA tournament, college baseball, and more Walk-Ons in Oxford and Ridgeland. Speaking of Ridgeland, uh, the College Corner is your one-stop Rebel Shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. You can also go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram with the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. Brought to you by our friends at Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. It's uh, starting to warm up. You want to make sure that AC is ready to go. They uh, Call Comer, call Southern, different names, same great products, same great services, same people. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, or that area, call the people at Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1. Shop now at astock.bid. Download their app, name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A-Stock Auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups, so don't miss out. If you want it, bid it, win it. And we're brought to you by our friends at Solutions RX. It's a probiotic, multivitamin, and supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. Everything is manufactured right here inside Mississippi. They've got tons of uh, products that can really help you with your health, with your compliance. They've got prescription support that we tell you about all the time. Also, all sorts of multivitamins, supplements, things of that nature to keep you healthy, keep you compliant with your meds. Uh, SolutionsRx.com, promo code OEP at checkout, and you get 10% off of your first order. Podcast is brought to you by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation with baseball back in action. Show your support for their efforts on the field this season by signing up for the Pledge Per Win, Pledge Per Home Run campaigns. Donations are charged every Monday. They're allocated in your blue priority point total and are up to 90% tax deductible. So sign up today by visiting to give to athletics.com slash donate or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation at 662-915-7159. Remember Morgan Wallen concert tickets available. That is in April, the same weekend as Ole Miss and LSU baseball. That's Saturday night. That's Sunday night. Vault Hemingway Stadium. Tickets on sale. MorganWallen.com. Great prices on both nights. So again, get your tickets. MorganWallen.com. Com. Jeffrey Wright now joining us on the My Perfect Franchise Hotline. Jeffrey, Chris Beard situation, definitely real. We are uh, recording 8.09 a.m. here on Thursday. I feel that's important. Ole Miss plays a game in about six hours or so against Tennessee, and after that, fully on Beard Watch, assuming they do lose to the Volunteers today. I, I, you and I were discussing this right before we started the show. Are you surprised? Where are you sort of in just knowing Ole Miss, knowing the situation to the best that we can know it? What's sort of your your level of, of whatever as this, uh, as this thing appears to be near a conclusion? Am I surprised? I would say when it became real, what, Tuesday night, I think? Was that, is that, do I have the timeline correct? Tuesday night's when it kind of became real, real. Tuesday is when everybody realized whether they could have complete sourcing on reporting it that they had actually met in person and were trying to work out final details. So by then, I was not surprised because I kept coming back to if you Chris Beard's name was going to if you did not kill it, 
you were going to set up a Gruden to Tennessee type situation where if you refuse to kill the rumors, and they were killing other rumors. I mean, they killed the Will Wade rumors emphatically and early. So if you don't kill the Chris Beard rumors, it allows your fan base to start thinking that you're getting Chris Beard. And then if you wind up making an uninspired hire, well, everyone just gets extremely upset. Like, in the end, do Tennessee fans really care about Greg Schiano's involvement, whatever it may be, at Penn State? No, they thought they were getting John Gruden and they got Greg Schiano. Like, that, that's what it really boiled down to, and they didn't want Greg Schiano. So, the fact that Ole Miss did not kill it it did not surprise me once things were heading this certain way. At the beginning of the coaching search, I did not think that Keith Carter would hire Chris Beard. So I, I suppose from the, am I surprised at this point? No. Would I have expected it at the beginning? No. I, I think that's kind of how I, I view it. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. And yeah, you, you make a great point. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the week that you don't ever want your hire competing against the hire that everybody wants from a fan base standpoint. Uh, you, you know, because it's it's funny looking at this because Keith Carter was in in some ways a no win situation unless he hires Chris Beard because he goes into this with you know he's going to have a lot more information than the normal person on what transpired in Austin in all directions from from the the arrest and all that. And if he finds something that is untenable where he's not hired, the fan base really isn't going to believe it. You go, hey, you're never going to hire him anyway. You're not serious. You know what I mean? Like, so no matter what it was, unless you come out and go, hey, no, look, blah, which was never going to happen. Right. He was in a really weird spot. So by moving through this to this point, it's a different situation. But he, he does bypass that. He, he it, Again, it looks like this is just a matter of, of time here, barring something crazy at, at this point. Um you watch a ton of basketball. What kind of coach is Ole Miss getting in Chris Beard? I mean, they're getting an elite coach. I suppose you could make the case that they're getting the best coach that they've ever had. Um, I don't love his brand of offense. It's a, a slower tempo. But with that being said, the guy won 30 games at Arkansas Little Rock. I mean, go look at Arkansas Little Rock before he get there, before he gets there, and go look at him since. Look at what Texas Tech has done. Texas Tech has had some success as a program, but I'm not exactly counting their Final Fours. And you know, they're a missed shot away from winning a national championship. He probably would have had, if he doesn't get fired in Texas, if they're not the front runner to win the national championship this year. They're in that select handful of, you know, they would be right there with Kansas, right there with Alabama. UCLA took, ha, has an injury that's kind of taken the wind out of their sails, but, you know, I they would have been right there. So you're getting a guy that has won at a lot of different places and won big at a lot of different places. And when you just see what coaches say about him, you know, he is an elite defensive guy. And so... I think it's entirely fair to say this is the best resume of a coach that they've ever hired. What does his, I mean, you look at his roster, and I guess even before this became a thing, right when he was getting let go at Texas, I remember reading the story from The Athletic about 
He had hit the portal pretty hard. He had guys from a lot of spots. He had a little bit of an older team at Texas. It, it, was, an, it was an interesting way that he had put a roster in place. Frankly, it was a 2023 way that he had put a roster in place. Are there any kind of stereotype hallmarks to the type of roster he needs to the way they play defense? Like, well, what does that mean from a personnel standpoint, if you have any understanding of that? What he is good at is oftentimes what we see in the the portal era, I guess, if, I don't know what we're calling this, but oftentimes you see coaches at lesser jobs that just go and get whatever they can get. He is very good at putting a roster together that fits. You know what I mean? Like he, he doesn't just amass talent. He amasses a team. And so typically what we see kind of the first go round at Texas, what it was, was it was a lot of guys that had put up stats at bad on bad teams. And he kind of compiled them together to, to play the way that he wanted to. But really, I think the hallmark of, you know, most of his teams, the hallmark is they're extremely tough and they're extremely physical. And like most guys that put together good defenses, he likes long athletic types. Um, You know, is it going to be as easy to put together a roster at Ole Miss as it was at Texas? Absolutely not. Is it that much more difficult to put a roster together at Ole Miss than Texas Tech? Absolutely not. I mean, that's kind of how I'm viewing it. And so I I think the other big aspect of it is when you think about it the way that Neil has laid it out, which is look at where your program is. And I'm not sure it can get much lower. And so at this point, okay, what are the risks? The risks are, in my opinion, A, he has another incident. But B, more information coming out from the previous arrest. And I find it hard to believe that if I have these questions, that Keith Carter and those that were making this hire did not have these same questions. And so I'm not going to view this as... uh, I am coming up with things that no one else has. So if Ole Miss loses tonight, you make the hire, I think, on Friday. You have the Friday news dump. And you're going to be in the midst of conference championship weekend. And the next week we have the tournament. Yeah, you're going to take probably some bad press and we can we can already file away we can pick out the, the individuals there. Yeah, sure. I mean, we always, you know, I've always made the joke. Oh, the gang's here. So, I guess the other question, though, that I would have is, I miss the part where you get good press from those people. So, at a certain <laughs> point, who cares? No, the bigger thing from any of that is just contractually making sure you have a really good out in case something happens again. That's it. Yes. Because, I mean, look, because I, 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 do, I do think it's true. I think you have, and look, we know it's going to be a net gain from a ticket sales, from an excitement, all that stuff with Chris Beard. I mean, are some people going to go, are going to leave and, and be justified in doing that? Sure. No, no doubt. I get it. But you're going to have probably, a, you're definitely going to have a net positive. And I, what I've noticed here from the sane media, not the group that you're talking about that's just going to be contrarian no matter what because that's how they get clicks, 
But you see Pete Thamel mentioning yesterday. You see Jeff Goodman, who is one of the mouthpieces of college basketball. You see all these things. There was no venom in this. There was just sort of straight reporting. He's getting a next gig. It's an SEC gig. Ole Miss somewhat, in a weird way, kind of almost protected because it's in the league and it's just, you know, it's, it's perceived as enough of a big boy job because it's in the SEC and the money that goes around around that at that point that I, I didn't sense that something crazy is going to come from those type of college basketball insiders. And I guess my point in that is, should something happen, and frankly, I don't think it's going to, but should it happen again or whatever what you're talking about, I think they blame Beard for being the guy who wastes a second and final chance more than that's on Ole Miss for, for hiring him. I think that's fair. I mean, you also have to remember, Chris Beard has always been pretty popular with college basketball media because he talks to them. And so when the when the arrest went down, if you noticed, for something that was pretty heinous, there wasn't a ton of hoopla other than, oh my God, because he's very popular with a lot of the college basketball consigliere, if you will. So, you know, we had talked about, I can't remember, a couple of weeks ago, if this doesn't go well, basketball could cost Keith Carter his job. I think as as we have a little bit more context and times move on, even in the worst case scenario, I I still think there's a path that this doesn't, you know, destroy the university and every, every executive has to be removed because I do think that you've gotten to the point where if Chris Beard ever wants to be a big boy head coach again, he's, he's got to fall in line. And so I do think that offers a sort of protection. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and it, it also shows his immense talent as a coach because anybody... Yeah, and I think I'm right here. Anybody lesser from an ability standpoint and good with, you know, the media types that you're talking about, everything, anything below Chris Beard's profile, that coach's next job would be at a lower level. You know what I mean? 
he'd be coaching in the Southland for a year or two. They, they would be that penance. In, in some ways, he's able to bypass just because of his resume and how good he's been on the basketball court that I think a lot of people look at it and go, well, hell, it's your only chance to ever get him. Nah, it's it, it feels weird, but I get it. Anything less than that dude's coaching at Lamar or Sam Houston State right next year. Yeah, and I think maybe implicitly there is, from Ole Miss, I think there's an understanding. You know, if you look at when Keith hires Lane, well, Lane was either going to Ole Miss or Arkansas, but it's not like you're going to, you're not going to fight off Ohio State, Texas, Alabama for a head coach. But you might be able to get, you know, you might be able to get the super hot divorcee that's got a kid. You know what I mean? There's some baggage there. And because there's baggage, that's how maybe you can wind up out kicking your coverage. And it seems to me like Ole Miss is being is implicitly willing to try to position their programs in the best possible spot by understanding, you know, everyone talks about wanting to go and get such and such coach. Well, not everyone can get such and such coach. But if there's a little bit of baggage, you might be able to get such and such coach. Yeah, and I think a part here is we learn a little more, and it, it's, look, I, I don't have anywhere near all the information on how this search has played out. I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I'm I, I'm inside on this. But as we find out more and more and more, I think Chris Beard has a lot of character witnesses around him. I think people who Keith knows, who Beard knows, the, the, the college basketball community in general, there was a pretty good segment that sort of, you know, did the verbal version of kind of write letters on his behalf saying, hey, I get this incident looks really whatever and is whatever, but you're getting a coach here that's going to stay out of trouble. He's going to be a basketball junkie, and you're going to be an idiot if he didn't hire him. And for whatever that matters or doesn't matter, I, I know some of the places where that came from, and it sort of goes, hey, that's people that didn't have skin in the game and would typically be trusted. I think that probably did swing things a little bit as this thing moved forward. I mean, in the end, Keith Carter cares about Ole Miss basketball. And he takes college basketball at Ole Miss very personally, yes. I find it really hard to believe that the scenes at the pavilion this year did not have a very emotional impact on him. I mean, you know, this is this is one of the you know, is he the greatest player in program history? No, but he is like synonymous with Ole Miss basketball. He was a extremely good player on some of the most popular teams in the program's history. Frankly, the golden era of Ole Miss basketball, for whatever that says. He's the face. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, and that's how he wound up at Ole Miss, like, is to play basketball. So I think this is a move that makes Ole Miss basketball relevant. In the end, where I think you kind of have to bottom line it, this is probably the only move that he could have made to make Ole Miss basketball relevant. Where do you place Beard in the SEC coaching pantheon? You see that story from USA Today talking about how the league has started paying coaches as well as any league in the country. They haven't won a national title since 2012 Kentucky, but it's definitely getting deeper. It's a more consistent league than it's ever been. I mean, it, you know, Neil writes his story from Nashville yesterday where coaches are you know, praising Beard, talking about how every school is investing to some extent. 
you know, not the old Miss job, but just Beard in general. Where are you, where are you stacking him here? Oh boy. Um, if I get your college basketball SEC draft, how far are you getting down before you picking Beard? I mean, if you're just picking the coach, I'm and just again, picking the coach. If you're not picking baggage, he's probably gone by the first four picks. And there's probably some out there that would pick him number one. There's at least a conceivable argument that he would go number one. I mean, it appears Calipari has not figured out the formula in this era. I, you know, I mean, I think, I think the problem with Calipari is the critics probably go too far and the, you know, his supporters go too far. He's somewhere in between and I'm not breaking news. That's probably a lot, a lot like a lot of coach. But Kentucky rarely sucks. Like, his worst year in the last, what, 10 was the COVID year. Okay. He's missed the tournament one time, right? You, you know what I mean? Like, the, Rick Barnes is a proven winner, but his teams clearly have ceilings. And so, okay, Nate Oates. Again, if we're just picking the basketball coach, Nate Oates' resume is pretty damn good, too. Bruce has gotten Tennessee to basically a possession of the Final Four, and he's gotten Auburn to the, the Final Four. Game. Yeah, well, he got him to the Final Remember, they lost to UVA, who beat Texas Oh, Tech that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, in, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that. But, I mean, they. I, I think the game went to overtime or whatever it was the last possession game. But, I mean, that's kind of, I don't think after that, I mean, I'll say this. When Ole Miss hires Chris Beard, there's not going to be a lot of celebration from other coaches in the league. No, there's going to be the, ah, damn, another one. I mean, I think there's going to be the, man, I really wish they would have hired Dusty May. And again, Dusty may wind up being an elite basketball coach. But there is inherently, from a basketball perspective, more risk in hiring a Dusty May than there is in hiring a Chris Beard. Because inevitably, if you would have hired Dusty May, I think this is a fair question. Well, if you're just going to go hire the Conference USA coach, why wouldn't you go hire the Conference USA coach that's proven he can win at Ole Miss? And what you're doing is showing the inability to hire Dusty May, not that you bring back Andy Kennedy, but just, yeah, but hey, if we're doing this, why are we doing this? Yeah. No, look, from a straight resume standpoint, I mean, I've got it up here. Resume, considering where he has done it yet, or done it at, it's it, it's as good as anybody's. I mean, yeah, you, you run through the coaches in this league, and if you're just talking about those top five picks, yeah, Nate Oates. I mean, Eric Musselman's a really good coach. Chris Beard has a better resume than Eric Musselman. Bruce Pearl, Calipari, Rick Barnes, and, I, and Buzz Williams is a good basketball coach. Yeah. But, I mean, I think Beard would go before Buzz. Yeah. But, I mean, resume-wise, you're not putting in Stackhouse, Paris, Gates, Jans, McMahon, Mike, Todd Golden. No. I mean, and I think... I do not think that this decision was made lightly. In the end, I think what it really boiled down to was if I'm, going, if I'm Keith Carter and I care deeply about Ole Miss basketball... If I want to see this have the best possible chance, this is the only hire I can make. 
And I think oftentimes we kind of forget there will always be the, you know, the cynical crowd or the skeptical crowd that's like, uh, they don't, they don't care. It's all about winning. Well, <laughs> a yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it is a sports competition. So yes, it is about winning. But B, if you're Keith Carter, your job isn't necessarily to make sure you're forming a church group. You know what I mean? Like your your job is to your jobs to give your programs the best chances. And I believe if you look at his last three hires, so it's Lane, Yo, and Beard, right? Am I missing a hire? He, he did. He didn't hire Yo. Oh, Yo was uh, Ross. Yeah, Yo would have been Ross and Lynette before that ended. Okay, but his last two hires are Lane Kiffin and Chris Beard. I mean, there's if you want to talk about where they are in the landscape, there's an argument to be made that they are in the top five, if not the top three, of best football and basketball coach in the country. I mean, Alabama's obviously got a strong claim, but after that. You know what I mean? I mean? You're at least in the conversation after that. I'd say, I'd say that for, I'd say for the athletic director of Ole Miss, that's a pretty impressive performance. Yeah, and in the SEC, when you do, you know, even throw in Mike with baseball, they're competitive for the top three sport head coach in the in the, in the conference. Well, I think if you include all three, they're number one. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's, I don't even know who's at Alabama right now. Uh, Bohanna, good coach, but it's Alabama. I mean, right. I mean, there's no scout there. So yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, you're getting, if you're doing, if you're doing that, I mean, you're talking, you probably would have to really be a freeze believer and talk about Auburn with Butch, Pearl and Hugh. I mean, you have, you have a coach in Kiffin that's won multiple championships as an assistant and has won a lot of games as a head coach. You know, Calipari, I mean, A&M is very solid with its three with Jimbo. Yeah. Schlossnagel and Buzz. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you've got one that's won national championships as an assistant and is genuinely thought of as an offensive genius. You have another coach that's played for a national title at Texas Tech, and you have a national championship winning coach in Mike, and largely thought of as one of, you know, one of the best coaches in his field. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that if that's the criteria, I'd say it's pretty good for Ole Miss right now. Roster standpoint, we'll get to this. This is not really a today conversation, but I'm just curious because this will be. I mean, frankly, it'll be Neil's job whenever they lose to kind of get some reactions from from yeah. some of these players. Do you? I mean, mass turnover, three or four or five players that would remain probably? I mean, you know, if you're Chris Beard and you're going down the list, you obviously, Morrell, Brakefield, Abram. Well, I mean, to me, the bigger question is, what's his staff look like? Right. Because. I mean, we, staff matters almost more than the damn coach. We don't really know. Do we have any any suspicion on money right now? 
that's the weird part of this because I don't know what Beard's salary is. And, you know, it, it's the other part of the formula that nobody really talks about is what Beard makes is directly proportional to what is available for those, those two staff positions. Correct. And then, you know, uh, what does the NIL stuff look like? I mean, Chris Beard's not really known as a shoe guy, but he is known as like a guy that gets players. I suspect that Chris Beard's not going to get to a team that went two and 16, right? In league uh, three and 15, three and 15. I beg your pardon. Um, I don't suspect that he's going to get to a team that went three and 15 in league play and, uh, say that, you know what, let's run it back, guys. I would suspect, again, if Matthew Morrell wants to stay, I, I would imagine that's the case. I would not suspect more than, what, five will return? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, look, it's it's like anything. You don't know what's available. So, I mean, how many, how many kids return, depending on how many kids he can pick up out of the portal from somewhere else that can help him. So it could, it could fluctuate between four and seven just simply because – you don't know what's out there. You know what I mean? Like it's got to be. You got to be replacing them with something at this point, and you don't know how quickly he's going to have all that stuff in place or not in place. But I mean, if you, I guess my point was, if you told me that you were able to surround Breakfield with a couple other dudes where he's not having to do too much, he could help you next season. I think oh, Abram I mean, I, as a freshman had some things like the, it, the the roster does not have any depth, but there are a few guys at the top who are at least SEC caliber players. Listen, I, I'm not here to to throw dirt on Kermit's great. Sure. I do think though, once you saw this team play after Kermit left and play a more modern style of basketball, maybe not as overcoached. I am not saying you mistake this Ole Miss team for a good team, but they certainly have been better than they showed. There's no doubt there. Hundred percent. I mean, they 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 played pretty well given their talent level down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, in the end, they played entertaining games. Frankly, the last five or six, they are flawed because they do not have scores. Yeah, they can't and shoot. really, they don't have shooters. And so, but I mean, I've certainly found them to be much more watchable the last what is it five games, six games? Yeah, sure. And again, beat Georgia, not, LSU, and South Carolina, by the way. So the teams that were 11th, 12th, and 13th in the league. Right. And, and furthermore, like, I am, you know, the, I think Kermit Davis tried to win here. I think he gave it his best shot. It didn't work. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to sit here and, and, you know, just rip on him. But I have seen a noticeable difference in watching this team play the last few weeks. They're looser. They just go play. They're not looking over their shoulder for the timeouts. They're not doing all that. They're just, I mean, frankly, win case has been, hey, get in transition and just play basketball. He yeah, wants and, less form. Yeah, and, and I think a big part of it is, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not saying your program can't have discipline and can't have accountability. I'm not sure the disciplinary structure of putting your good players on the bench is an effective way to play basketball. I think there has to be a different type of, of discipline because when you're at a school like Ole Miss where you're not going to ever have a treasure trove of talent, I don't know if you can put the good talent on the bench to, to let them think about a turnover. 
I'm glo- I kind of glossed over this. We talked about it on the outskirts on both sides of it, but Chris Beard with his system that he has in place with whatever his recruiting ability is, like I said, he's, he's kind of able to go everywhere and, and accumulate in some different direction. Does he need elite talent to run his system or can Ole Miss operate in that fringes where they have very, very good players, but guys are not necessarily ranked in the top 30 in the country? No. I mean, if you look at, if you look at the Texas tech team, you know, his best player was Jarrett Culver. Jarrett did go top 10 in the draft, but that might've said more about the draft because he's largely, I'm pretty sure he's out of basketball now. He might be on someone's roster, but he's certainly not playing. Um, while the Texas team has really good players, like it's, it's not littered with, you know, the number one, number two, number three picks. So do I think there's obviously going to be a step down in access to talent at Ole Miss? Probably, but I don't, he's been pretty good at finding fits. Like he, he looks for certain characteristics, usually long and whatnot, and I think he's going to be able to find the pieces that he needs. Culver was uh, drafted sixth overall by the Phoenix Suns in the 2019 draft, traded to Minnesota quickly, and then he is currently playing for the Rio Grande Valley Vipers of maybe the G League. Yeah, I mean, the the, the Grizzlies traded for him. And, yeah, I mean, that was a depressing draft because is that the Jaron Jack? No, which draft is that? Is that Ja? It was the 2019 draft. Yes, that's the jaw draft. So the Grizzlies finished, I think, eighth in the standings that year. And I remember, because like that was one of, that was maybe one of the lowest points in Grizzlies franchise history because they were so bad. You had, you know, you'd traded Mark already. You were trying to trade Mike. You'd already let Zebo and Tony go. There was really, like, you had Jaron Jackson, who was, like, this interesting, nice piece, but he wasn't playing at the end of the year, super depressing, and we were having to, like, look at picks in, like, you know, five to ten, and Culver was one of those ones, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, no, and then Memphis gets lucky in the lottery and gets Ja Morant, and, well, Ja's had an interesting week, to say the least, you know, it, it certainly has worked out. <laughs> sure. Um... The 2019 draft to this point has three players that were taken in it that have been an all-star selection. That's it. Ja, Zion, and the third is whom? The number five overall pick, Darius Garland. Garland, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Well, that, and I remember that's that's who I'd like decided I wanted if the Grizzlies were because remember Garland hurt his knee that year. He was like the you know he was one of the top you know, number one, like, recruits. Mm -hmm. But he hurt his knee and didn't play very much. And so I was like, well, I guess if you're going to pick there, you might as well get someone like that. So I at least feel justified in that. Yeah, because was he he on the Vanderbilt team that went, like, 0-18 in the league, but he was hurt? Yeah, he was on the the Drew team that got him fired. That's right. Yeah, R.J. Barrett was in that draft. DeAndre Hunter. It was those dudes. Yeah, I think, like, when you start with Culver, then it starts starts to get bleak. Anything interesting from uh, conference weekend, basketball, tournaments? You, you, you riding anybody on any money lines or anything? Some futures? So the futures that I have right now, I have Alabama still at, at uh, 20 to 1. Just holding on for dear life, but okay. Holding on for dear life. If we're being completely honest, do I feel great about it? No. 
It do- doesn't Alabama feel like a team that's played their best basketball already? Yeah, I, I, you would not shock me at all if they're not hanging around by by the by the elite eight. I mean, we look at the last few weeks; like their game scripts have kind of all been the same. Like they fall behind and then they fight their way back. They've been able to win some games, but it's like I don't know. If you told me that a number one seed gets upset and it's Alabama, I'm not I'm not tremendously shocked. I also have UCLA at 12 to one. I was feeling really good about that until yesterday they announced that the guard tore his Achilles. So a team that didn't have much depth now has even less depth. Uh, and then I also have Kansas at 12 to one. So I've got some good tickets. With that said, I don't feel good about any of them other than Kansas. And the thing with Kansas is like, do I really think they're going to repeat? Like, I, I don't know. I, I hope it's so wide open. Number one, but number two, you I mean you take out the Brandon Miller situation and that dude at UCLA, and I get that that's two of your three things, but you'd have been cooking. Oh, I, I'd be feeling pretty good because I would have a realistic shot of holding a ticket with three number one seeds, and the easiest way to get to the Final Four. I hope everybody's sitting down for this yeah. is to be a number one seed. So I'd be feeling pretty good. Um, I took a flyer on Arkansas to win the SEC tournament because of the bracket. Oh. Um, and also, Arkansas is like a team that just speaks to me, where you watch them play basketball for 10 minutes, and you're like, this team's awesome. And then you watch them play for 30 more minutes, and you're like, oh, this is how they're 19 and 10? Like, you know, it's like, oh, that, that makes sense. Um, I took a flyer on Indiana for kind of the same reasoning in the Big Ten bracket. They have they have a favorable side, and then they've got two NBA guys. So that that's kind of what I'm riding with. I don't know. I think it's kind of an interesting – it's an interesting conference championship because it feels like we have so many teams on the bubble. And, you know, the, the refrain is always, you know, weak bubble, weak bubble. I think that the thing that's more interesting this year is while – while a lot of these teams I don't believe in, like they got to put 68 of them in. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you're going to start watching teams fight. Like the perfect example was Wisconsin last night. This chase would have been, this would have been in a lifetime of horrific beats, some of which have been on camera. If Ohio State would have blown it to Wisconsin last night, I think that might have been my finest hour in a lifetime of being a horrific gambler. What were they up? They were up at one point, like, 27. Oh. And the game got within four. I was laying two. The game got within four, and Wisconsin had the basketball. It was terrifying. And then Chris Holtz took went, care of me. I think they went something like 14 minutes without a field goal in the second half. I guess Ohio State made me think of this. Is Bronny going to Oregon? Or is he going to USC? Is it? I mean... Is, it, is that Andy Info? Who's at USC? That's it. Yeah, it's Andy. But I don't know. My other question is like, is he for sure going to college? Like, I don't know. Like, LeBron keeps doing the pumping him up to get drafted. I don't know. I mean, I sus- if you made me guess it's Oregon or USC because of the Nike relationship or the fact that if he stays at USC... The family's still in L.A. They don't have to, you know, they can go watch him play more easily. 
Although I'm not sure the LeBron James family is worried about transportation to go watch games. Sure. It seems to me that they might be able to cover that. We'll have a bracket by the next time we talk, and we will have the conclusion of this basketball search. But if you're Ole Miss, obviously, again, we believe it's Chris Beard at this point, barring something crazy at the last minute. Uh, do you sit him down with anybody? You have a press conference. What's what, what's your PR plan if you're the Rebels? I mean, I suppose you got to do, you know, do the who would you even? I, I assume you're picking ESPN. I mean, who do you sit him down with? Do See, you sit I him don't. Down with Illis? Do you sit him down? I like I don't know. Because I, I don't feel like – I feel like you either have a bad interview because you obviously aren't going to talk about necessarily whatever because you're just stirring it up, and then it looks like you're avoiding it. Whereas I think you just have a press conference. Maybe you have a couple quotes ready, and then you move on with your day. Yeah, I tend to believe that when you try to do the PR rehab tour that it generally backfires because it's, you know, the lady doth uh, protest too much, methinks. You know what I mean? Like it starts becoming like, wait, are, are you are you hiding something? Like why, why? Why? It doesn't usually come across as authentic. I think you make the hire. You, I think at the press conference, I think you take questions, and you better be prepared to answer the worst of them. I think honestly, what I would do is I wouldn't try to limit the questions. I wouldn't try to you know have it be tightly controlled, and let that be the time that you speak and then you kind of go dark and then let the tournament take over. Yeah, I think I completely agree with that. I got you a couple more minutes. I'm just curious. Let's switch sports. What are you making of this Tiger Woods, Erica Herman thing? Well, it's always Real quick, for anybody who's unaware, she has uh, filed suit trying to get the non-disclosure of their their breakup removed for what she claimed to be... um, harassment sexual um, harassment yeah. or abuse but when so you read not- when you read the actual court filing which i found that somebody summarized here says that it, it it's pretty crazy it says herman alleges she was convinced to pack a suitcase for a short vacation and when she arrived at the airport they told her they'd been she'd been locked out of her residence she goes on to allege that agents of the trust again woods basically removed her belongings from the residence, and stole $40,000 in cash, making, quote, defamatory allegations about how she obtained the money. She's alleging these acts necessitated an award of $30 million in actual and consequential damages. Woods has then filed a motion to dismiss the complaint. hasn't been heard yet. And then uh, they go on to uh, file a motion to compel for arbitration that says after Mr. Woods recently terminated the relationship, Ms. Herman was advised that she was no longer welcome in the residence. She responded to the breakup by filing this suit. It, it, it's all in documents, but it's a pretty big level of he said, she said uh, drama at this point. Yeah, the, this is like the most Tiger Woods story ever, right? Like, the mad lib of here are the facts, insert the famous person Tiger would be the first overall pick. He would definitely be going 1-1 in this. Trace, like I said, it's all in the police report. It's all in the police if you're asking me, do I think this is what's going to bring down Tiger Woods? I believe no. Yeah, of course. No, I don't. Know. I think my guy Steiny, if you could get that car wreck in L.A. to essentially amount to nothing other than it's all in the police report and essentially having the the sheriffs being like, you know, it's Tiger Woods, man. Like, you know, it's Tiger. 
I find it hard to believe that this is going to, that they're not going to work their way around it. And also, just kind of knowing what I know about Tiger Woods, I feel like he knows his way around an NDA. It, what's more like the Tiger thing of this when, you know, he's become the dad and all this and he's this different dude is he has a six year relationship that was basically out of the news and then this is how it ends. It's Pete Tiger. Yeah. You don't hear I anything mean, for six years and then this. I mean, I also just think that, like, it is this weird reality of we kind of saw golf without Tiger. And now it's like, we're just, so, it's just so good to have him back. So good to have him back. Like, like he really is at the point now where it's like, he's going to have to do something horrific with the cops sitting there on camera before people turn on him again. We're, well, we're in the nostalgia phase. Phase. Just give him to me. Just give him to me. Let me see around. Let me see him walk around. I'll take that because I know it's over. No, I mean, I, I think culturally I would define, it seems like that this decade is going to be defined by nostalgia. Yes. Like that, that if, you look at, if you look at what we're consuming from an entertainment perspective and whatnot, like Blink-182 is hitting the road in their 50s. Why? Well, that's nostalgic for guys like me. Like It feels like we're in the era of nostalgia. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Your first instinct is, doesn't this feel like a money grab? It's the way the report looks. I mean, again, lawyers are both trained to do their job in these plaintiff summaries, but by just reading them, that's the way it looks. At least, if nothing else, this is excessive to what actually happened. Yes. That is that is what it feels like. Why, why do you feel like we're in an era of nostalgia right now? Is it because of the age that you and I are with, sort of how entertainment came up, and that's who's beginning to be in charge? I think what it stems from largely is probably trauma from the pandemic. Oh. And the things that I noticed, you know, without, like, ever, like, getting into, like, the psychology of it, I just noticed early on in the pandemic, like, I didn't want to watch something, like, you know, even though we were at home and we had all this time to, to watch whatever we wanted, like, I didn't want to go back and watch things that I had not seen before. Like I wanted comfort food. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is, is what's at play here where we went through this, this trauma and you're just looking for like familiarity and things that kind of make you feel good. It would have been popular either way, but Ted Lasso was peak. We needed something to smile at when it came out. It was more popular because of when it was released. Yeah, and also, if you like Ted Lasso, Shrinking is very good. So, Shrinking, it's the, the Harrison Ford and uh, uh, Marsh- Jason Siegel, Marshall Erickson. And it's written by Bill Lawrence and then Brett Goldstein. Brett Goldstein plays Roy Kent. And so, it feels like, it feels like, like Scrubs meets Ted Lasso. Kind of, sort of, spin-offy, but not just in the way it feels. Yes. What streaming is that? That's Apple Plus as well. Apple Plus as well. Okay. What's on the show today, bud? Oh, man. We got, uh, let's see, on Jeff's show, we'll have Dan Devine of Yahoo talking NBA. We'll be playing some trivia as well later this afternoon. It'll be a, a Grizzlies day as they return home from just limping home from another road trip. We'll have Eric Hasseltine as well. Is Ja going to play again this regular season? 
I think he'll play again this regular season. I had in my head a roughly about 10 games. They announced that it's going to be at least four more, so that would be six. I think in the end, it's going to be very difficult to prove that he brought the gun on the plane with him, even if that's what occurred. I think it's going to be tough to prove it. And so uh, I, 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 I'm pretty certain we'll see him back this year. Appreciate it, bud. All right, guys. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.